Pulse 95 Live from the International Government Communication Forum. Hello, very good afternoon. Welcome on to the International Government Communication Forum. We've got lots of guests who've been joining us here on the station to talk to us a little bit more about crisis comms. We've got Mr. Alistair Campbell, who's also been the Director of Communications at 10 Downing Street. A very good afternoon to you. First up, welcome to Sharjah. Your first thoughts of being at this forum? Well, it's not my first time. I was here a few years ago and... Um, uh, I, listen, I think it's really, I think it's important that people understand just how much the issue of communications, not just government communications, but all government, all communications in the modern age matters. I mean, you just have to look at the scale of the media that's present here and, and, and where the, the, the range of voices and the places that this, the messaging from here is going to go. So, and I think all of us having lived through the last couple of years in the pandemic understand that 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 relationship between governments and people mm. when it comes to something as important as a pandemic it really really matters now i've got to ask you about uh, your talk earlier today that you had a workshop uh, there was a very important part that you said that we should identify what a crisis is what a bad situation is uh, so what has been your main message today well it was i really enjoyed the uh, the, the event because uh, you know, at the start, people are sitting there and everybody's wearing a mask and you're thinking, oh, how's this going to work? And, but actually, by the end, it became very, very interactive and I was giving them all sorts of difficult crisis situations and scenarios and they were very quickly actually working through what they would have done had they been in those situations. And I don't think there's a single message. If you, if you force me to say what is a single message of crisis management, I think it is to be very, very, very clear about the overall strategy that you're trying to pursue and then any changes that you have to make to your normal communications and your normal operations, make them quickly. But I think the other thing that's come through for me, looking around different parts of the world, who's done it well, I do think that where there has been more openness and more transparency, that has led to better communications, and better communications has led to better management of the crisis. And looking back at your career, you know, you went through the, the day that changed the world and how we saw geopolitics shaping and we've also seen other major crises that uh, took place. So uh, coming back from your era, how much has the role of the director of communications within 10 Downing Street evolved to what it is now? Well, I, I'd be hard pushed to say what it is now because I think if I had to, I don't even get me going on our current government's communications. <laughs> Uh, on COVID and pretty much everything else. But I think what's evolved and what's changed is the landscape, the media landscape and the political landscape. So, you know, if I think about my, when I was a journalist, when I started out as a journalist, I was a journalist until the mid nineties. Um, even back then you didn't have social media, 24 news was only really just sort of beginning. Um, you had nothing like the explosion that we've seen since then. Now, I think one of the points I made in the workshop is that the pressures of that have made, been to make everything more tactical, but the response should be to be more strategic. And I think those governments do well. It's interesting, we're talking on the day that Angela Merkel, Germany goes to the polls, Angela Merkel's last term, 16 years as Chancellor. I think she's a good example of somebody who, despite the changing media landscape, she hasn't changed her basic understanding that that's not the most important part of the job. So as the pressures are to be tactical, be more strategic. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of 
having good speakers now you've you've identified who uh, the good speakers are during your talk as well uh, so if you were to uh, name a few figures at the moment uh, i'm sure you'd, you'd highlight uh, the famous speech three priorities in government education education <laughs> education uh, but who else would you nominate as a great speaker well i think you can have great speakers which is not necessarily the same thing as a great communicator mm. um look i i i see people I, I go out to events and i see people that most people here have never heard of who are great speakers but because there's an art to public speaking but i think communication is something quite different mm. Uh, look, I do think Tony Blair is a phenomenal communicator. I think Bill Clinton was one of the best. I think Barack Obama, not least because of his voice, mm. is an amazing communicator. I think Macron's a good communicator. Um, I do think, though, I mentioned Merkel. I think that Merkel is somebody who's not classically a good speaker, but I think in a different way she's a good communicator because you have a, the minute you see her on TV, you, you, know, you kind of have a sense of her and a presence, and that's, that's part of communication as well. Um, you'd have to say that, I mean, Trump has something as a communicator. It's just that I don't like what he communicates. So, um, uh, but look, there's plenty of good communicators out there. But the, I worry that in my country at the moment, we don't have a great communicator. We have a bit of a comedian at the top, and that's the problem. Okay, <laughs> building on that, uh, given the situation at the moment, we still, we're beginning to feel the effects of the big decision that was made a few years ago, the big Brexit, and now we're seeing shortage of drivers. And I was just over there a few weeks ago and I could face it, the food shortages at certain shelves in supermarkets. If you were at the helm again, as a director of communications, what would have been the effective strategy in dealing with the fuel shortages and the food shortages that we're facing? Well, it's very hard. I, I said in the event that of the of the the crises that we had when Tony Blair was prime minister, one of the worst was around the turn of the century when we had fuel shortages because there were protests over the price of fuel, uh, and it became very very difficult to manage. And I, I think the government is making a big mistake if it underestimates just how serious the situation is right now. And the fact is that I don't think they are the re, one of the reasons they're not managing it well is because they're not being honest about what's going on. They're not being honest about the, the reason this is happening. They're trying to pretend it's to do with COVID when it's to do with Brexit. And the, the truth is, look, I'm hands, you know, cards on the table. I was passionately opposed to leaving the European Union. I think it's a catastrophe for the country and nothing I've seen since then has changed my mind. If anything, I've become more convinced of that. But we know in our own lives that if you have a problem, the first step in dealing with that problem is to is to address is to be honest about it say we have a problem the next step is to, is to answer the question why has this problem arisen well the problem in fuel has arisen because thousands and thousands and thousands of people that we used to employ to drive lorries are no longer allowed in the country it's pretty simple um, and now they're trying to pretend that oh it's great that we've left the European Union because we can invite some of them back well you know saying that it was great to leave something because you can solve a problem that leaving has caused doesn't strike me as a sort of great, a great act of leadership or strategy. So um, I guess that's a long winded way of saying that I wouldn't have started here. Now that they are here, I think they have to be much more proactive in terms of addressing the problem. And, and they also have to understand we are so dependent on these supply chains, we have to address these outstanding issues of the Brexit negotiations. It certainly is, and we're hoping for the best. And uh, lastly, as we conclude this discussion at the IGCF, uh, 
where would you, where would Mr. Alistair Campbell like to be now? Where's where's the end goal? Where, where, where would you like uh, to leave uh, a legacy behind? Is there any other? You, know, well, you, you, you make it sound like I'm about to die. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> now, where, where where would you uh, like to now see yourself? I don't know, to be absolutely honest. I'm a, I'm a bit of a crossroads in my life because I'm very. Look, I enjoyed this event. I enjoyed coming here, but it's quite interesting just doing a. I got surrounded by mm. lots of journalists coming out, and they're asking my view about this and my view about that. And I kind of think, well, I don't really have. I'm, I'm not anywhere near power anymore in in the United Kingdom, and and that feels very very difficult. Um, and you know, British politics at the moment does feel a bit of a mess. Um, so part of me wants to have nothing to do with it. Part of me thinks. I ought, I ought to be doing something. I don't yeah. want to go back and do the sort of job I did before, no. no. And also, I think that, look, one, one of the things I do now, I do a lot of campaigning on mental health and mental mm. illness, and I feel that that's somewhere where I can make a difference. And I guess I'm back to doing more media stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm leaving here today. I was going to stay longer, but I'm leaving because I'm presenting Good Morning Britain tomorrow morning mm. on ITV. Um, so I'm doing that, and I'm, I'm doing my campaigning, and I'm still involved, and I've written 17 books. But I think in terms of sort of, you know, changing the world it feels like a bit beyond a bit beyond at the moment <laughs> beyond capacity at the moment yeah. for sure well thank you very much for joining us and Enjoyed it was a it. pleasure to spend uh, the the few minutes that we had uh, with you and i hope uh, you have a pleasant flight back thank you and i hope you don't have to go through the dating tests or anything like that again. Oh, I expect I will. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much all the best all right pulse 95 live from the international government communication forum